Hello, welcome to Life in the Key of C, the podcast where we take a deep dive into our musical lives. I'm your host, Jen Morales. We're going to be talking to artists, musicians, writers, and their spouses, as well as event coordinators and just about anybody who's making a difference in the drop rock world. We'll also be talking about the hottest topics of the week. So come along, pull up a chair, dip your toes into the water, and let's see where those waves are coming from. Hello, everyone. We are back. It's been a few weeks. It has. We have uh, been traveling like crazy. Yeah, we spent four weeks in Minnesota. Uh, We were going to record there, but we just didn't have things tweaked just right. We didn't have the equipment. Right. But we will take (laughs) care of that for future. But yeah, we spent four weeks in Minnesota and then traveled from there everywhere. That was kind of our home base. Yeah. You know, we went to Minnesota as a home base. But we traveled all throughout the Midwest. Right. We were in Missouri for the Chop Rock of the Ozarks on Lake, is it uh, Lake Ozark? or Lake of the Ozarks. Lake of the Ozarks. And uh, we did something incredibly crazy. Uh, that was the first weekend. Yes. The next weekend, we flew back to Austin, yes. Texas. So we drove to Missouri, drove back to Minnesota, then we flew to Austin for Pirate's Ball. Yes, we had a great time there. Yes, too. and I found the Lost Shaker of Salt. You sure did. And we're going to talk about that. And then... Uh, flew back to Minnesota. Yep. Drove to Iowa, which was actually practically in the backyard. So. Yeah, that was that was really cool. Uh, our daughter lives, uh, what... 35 30, minutes? 35 minutes away from the surf ballroom, Clear Lake, Iowa. Yeah. So that was really cool. And mm-hmm. uh, that event, Drove back. Yeah. And then this weekend, we drove back home to Houston. That's it. And that was, uh, that's was that been the last month for us. Yes. An exciting month. Yeah. Got a lot done. I love traveling and I love doing that kind of stuff. So it was uh, real exciting. And apparently, we were bringing the hot weather with us everywhere we went. If I had a dime for every time we heard, well, the weather was great last week. It, or the weather's going to be great next week, yeah. and guess where you're not going to be? Exactly. <laughs> Actually, that's not totally true, because when we first got there, the weather was fantastic. Then it got hot, and then when we were leaving, it had cooled down for that whole three oh, or four yeah. days. We were in the 60s. It was nice. So it was. I really didn't want to leave because it felt so good. Yep. It, they're starting their fall pretty soon. Kinda. However, it is not as hot as it was when we here in Houston. Well... I don't know that for sure because I try to avoid the outside world as much as possible, so I'll just take your word for it. Yeah. Well, when we left, it was like kicking 110 and everything, and we're staying in the 80s and 90s now, so I'll take that. I don't think you have the option. (laughs) Well, you're right. The weather's going to do what it's going to do. I'll take it whichever way it comes. (laughs) (laughs) So what do you got there? All right. Well, let's talk about Trop Rock of the Ozarks first. We went out there. You played with jerry out by the pool yeah we had a great time unfortunately this is the last time they're doing the trop rock of the ozarks event right and uh we're i was so sad to hear that because uh this was actually our first time yes to get to to attend and yeah so and it was really beautiful out there it was so beautiful um right in the middle of missouri uh there was a beautiful lake and this, the outside pool stage was set up right... The lake had the backdrop, and there were these hills. It was so nice. Uh, walking was, uphill was rough, but... <laughs> yeah, that was that was a little rough. <laughs> but they had, uh, they had golf carts and stuff to help you get your stuff. We also checked out the Pancake House while we were out there. That's some really good food, and... And it's very similar to the Waffle House, except it's pancakes. pancakes <laughs> instead of waffles. That's right. Uh... Yeah, you know the one. There was a cool thing that I really liked about that show, uh, the poolside show. Is they 
pipe the music all through these Bose speakers that were in the ground at the pool. And this pool area was huge. It was yes, like it was. really massive. And there were speakers everywhere. So I, when we first got there, I thought the musicians were playing under the Tiki Hut because that's where we had to come down and come in because the sound was so good. I think oh, yeah. uh, Sonny Jim was playing and we came down and I'm like, oh, he must be right here at the, at the Tiki Hut. And I looked down, I couldn't see him, but it sounded like he was right here. And, uh, and then I looked across the way and about 150 feet <laughs> or 200 feet away, uh, there was Sonny Jim on the other side of the pool. Yeah, that was a really cool sound setup that meant that everybody that was around the pool could hear like he was just right there and it didn't have that feeling of oh you're listening to a band they're on the other side so that was I didn't realize where the speakers were to be honest but it did sound cool oh you know me that's the musician inside of me I'm like where is this sound coming from I gotta know yeah stuff like that I'm just like does it sound good yes that's beyond anything that I'm gonna be (laughs) questioning also that Trop Rock in the Ozarks an impressive ballroom that they had it was really big and the cool thing about it, it was filled all the way from front to back. Oh, yes. I, you were playing with Donnie. Mm-hmm. But, I, but Jonas Lawrence was there opening for us. Yes. And so uh, I, I, like, uh, I love Jonas, and I love his band. He's a great guy. Tank. And, yeah, and, uh, man, they're all, they're all really good, good people. And, uh, but also, they put on a heck of a show. They really put on an entertaining show. It was neat to just sit there and watch them uh, entertain. I think I came in when they were playing the song Jenny. Yeah. So I come in there and uh, and I I looked from front to back and it was just, it was wall to wall people front to back. It was so cool. It really was. And then we headed off from there to the Pirates Ball. Well, we had a week break. So the next weekend, yeah. Flew to Austin, Texas to hang out with the the Austin, Texas Parrot Head Club and the San Antonio, Texas Parrot Head Club, all the rest. The Pirates Ball has always been a cool event. I don't know if you remember. Do you remember when they had it uh, on the lake yes. a long time ago? Yes. Um, I forget what the like lake a, was, Lake Travis or something. Probably because that's the big lake in Austin. But I remember it being like out on this deck mm-hmm. over the lake. Yeah, and I remember hauling our stuff down the big ramp. I always loved playing it there, but uh, now it was more like in uh, it was in downtown Austin or just right outside. Yeah, it's in a ballroom instead of you know like outdoors. Instead of so outdoors, yeah. yeah. But you know you have to do that kind of thing when you're doing silent auctions and stuff. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we had a great show with Jerry. Got to see uh, Jonas again. Yeah. Jonas was also back down there. I feel like we kind of all just traveled as a group. I've got to agree with you because me, you, Johnny Do, David Doolittle, Jonas, we were all up in, in Missouri. Missouri. And then we come, we're, next thing you know, the next weekend we're all in Austin. For the Pirates Ball. And then there was the costume uh, contest for the Pirates Ball. Mm-hmm. Yes, Kim and uh, Kim and uh, Perry Seaburger. They didn't want to go up there. They looked they looked fantastic in their Pirates Did. outfit. They, they were like, they had this... This French musketeer thing going kind on. French, Spanish. No, yeah, yeah. It was black and red. Really? And they were the fancy pirates. Very fancy, which fits them well. Yes, definitely. They didn't want to go up, and then we we were like, you got to got go, to. you got to go. And they went up, and then what happened? They won second place. Shabang! Second place. Awesome. So. And to make her uh, boot part of her costume kind of just really worked. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. For her, she had had uh, foot surgery. But uh, good news, she is out of her boot Yes, now. I saw that today. So. She is officially out of, her, out of her boot. And so we are happy for you, Kim. Yes, good job getting through that and putting up with all that stuff. I mean, 
I don't know if you saw this, but she was down at the pool. She got in the pool with her foot sticking up on the side. Yeah. So she managed to have fun and make the best of the circumstances. That's that's Kim Seaberger and Perry, one of our our great friends or Parrothead friends, family, PH. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we traveled back to Minnesota. And we went back to Minnesota. And that led us to the Iowa gig for uh, in Clear Lake. Yes. Another last event. And that is so sad for me because this is the first time I got to actually experience this event. I have been a Buddy Holly fan since I was a little girl. I, I kind of crushed on that nerdy look that he had. You oh, know? yeah. I, I yeah. had a crush on Spock. I had the whole nerdy thing going. Uh, So despite the fact that he was gone well before I was born, I loved Buddy Buddy Holly. So I was... Did you like Buddy Holly just because of how he looked? Or did you like his... Oh, my parents listened. My My parents listened to that music all the time. So, And um, that'll be the day that I die. Mm-hmm. They were always playing that. Well, growing up, see, I li- we listened to that. We listened to everything. I was more of a Richie Valens guy. You know, the I La was, Bamba. I guess that comes from my Spanish roots. Right, yeah. I mean, I was aware of him, mm-hmm. but other than La Bamba, you, I don't know that anything was played at my house. You never Did we you ever sing La Bamba coming up, growing up? Yes. <laughs> you, yes. you and your white family? Yes. me and my white family. Uh, <laughs> I think we only heard uh, La Bamba. Yeah. I, I I probably should go and listen to some more stuff. What about the Big Bopper? I love oh, the Big yes. Bopper. I like how he always, uh, his songs, he was always on a phone call. Hey, baby. <laughs> oh, yeah, that is a... What you doing? <laughs> Chantilly Lace. Okay, now I pretty. have to admit that, okay, so if you know me, I always, like, literally always have a song in my head. Mm-hmm. Like, I wake up at 3 it's o'clock that radio in the morning that's all the time, which is head. why, again, I love that song from but Jerry, Jerry Diaz. Diaz radio. So i am always got a song in my head. And I will be just randomly doing something, and we'll be singing something, and then I will realize it's Chantilly Lace. <laughs> <laughs> With a pretty <laughs> face, a ponytail. It's 2023. Why is that the song that's popped in my head? And it'll be stuck for, like, three hours i know like that song by jonas lawrence funky no, little no, beach town funky little beach town i love you jonas jonas but you know that song will be stuck in my here head you go weeks. cue the song right now Boom. it's the middle of july now and the sun is beating down we got the million miles to go still but we'll never turn around I can hear it in the distance It's calling like an old friend I can hear the waves crashing They're echoing in my head And the summer flies Like the birds in the breeze The sand and the sea
down on the island And the sun is going down I got time to find a cold one And dig my feet into the sand And down the beach there's an old pier There won't be fishing all night long And off on the horizon I see the ships are coming home Coming home the summer fades like a long lost flame When the love is gone, you stop holding on But the warm summer breeze puts my mind at ease And there's nothing at all that's gonna bring me down tonight And that was Funky Little Beach Town. <laughs> Just for all of our listeners. Uh, so, yeah, I, I was really excited to be at the surf ballroom. Yes, the surf the surf ballroom was really cool. It was, like I said, it was a really cool event. It was the first time uh, that I played with Reggie Sterrett in an official capacity. Oh, yeah, because you played a couple. Uh, I played at, the lake, played at the Lake Brewery. Which was really cool. They had uh, a lot of great uh, drinks there, and that's the first gig that somebody had booked me and Reggie to play together. I play with Reggie all the time at festivals and yeah, and uh, different events across the country. But it was really fun to get to sit down and uh, talk to him, get to know him a lot more, and uh, and just make some music. And Bob was there. Bob Banerjee. <laughs> 
Like we we have a common problem, me and Bob. People always mispronounce our last name. Yes, I've been Meyerless, Merrillus. My personal favorite. Murples. Murples, yes. I still don't understand that one. <laughs> that was, that was uh, my sixth grade teacher, Don Patterson, called me that. Because I guess it's because of my bad handwriting. Oh, well, yeah, that I can, I can see. But that. Uh, Bob, it's, it's funny. It's, even the, even the, his own peers uh, around him, like other musicians, I'll laugh. Because they'll call him Bannergie, Bannergie, Banner, Banner J. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you clarified that, that they weren't mispronouncing his first name. No, Bob. That would be pretty sad if they did that. But no, it is Bob Banerjee. For those of you who don't know, it is Bob Banerjee. At least we're going to hope that's right. We had a good conversation. Oh, okay, good. (laughs) We'll have some notes coming. Mark just talked for five minutes, and he had my name pronounced wrong. Oh, yeah. And uh, But anyway, moving on. Uh, let's see, I had the next day off. Uh, so that was a Friday uh, when I got there and played with Reggie at the brewery. It was on a Friday. Then I had the next day off, which was so cool because I got to watch all the different bands and acts play. And <clears throat> for those of you who've never been to the surf ballroom, it's, it's a, what makes it a super cool event is that it is straight music from morning till midnight. There's music going all day. And it's from your favorite chop rock artists. Um, there's uh, too many to list. I, I would, I would just, I would leave them out. But if you can think of them in chop rock, they were pretty much there. And uh, they were either playing the main stage, and when the main there wasn't, a, there wasn't. Blah, blah, blah. When there wasn't people playing on the main stage, they had uh, a bar stage where they would have um, solo acts, duo acts, and then other musicians would just jump in for the fun of it and play with them. I really thought that was a cool idea. Mm-hmm. Um, that way, it gave the band time to, you know, set up for band switch on the main stage, and people weren't just having to sit there and stare at y'all, watching y'all, watching us unload and watching you unload sets right. and all of that. Because that's, you know, <laughs> that's not always fun. So yeah, that was really a cool idea with that. Oh yeah, Jennifer's being attacked right now because yes. when we came back from Minnesota, we brought an addition to our family. We did. Uh, uh, we were not going to get another cat. I was adamant. I have turned down four people. But this little bug wormed his way into our heart. Yes. So Ranger has joined us. Super small kitten, and I, I forgot what it was like to have a kitten in the house because our cats are grown. Yeah, our babies are 10. Mm-hmm. 10 years old. But we got a new one here who's less than a few months old. and Adventurous. We call him Ranger. And he is a little tornado. He is going around discovering things. and He fits right in with the family here. And we love him. And if you hear some oots, ouches and stuff, that's because uh, he's, he's climbing climbing on the microphones and attacking us. So we thought we'd make note of that. But anyway, but back, the surf to ball the, room. Yeah, back to the surf it was, it was really cool to go through the museum and really read up on all of the facts of the artist uh the ballroom itself it was purchased in 1994 by this couple that went through and pretty much just revamped it reset it back to 1959 so it pretty much looks exactly the same way as it did in 1959 that is so cool and the bathrooms like uh when you went into the bathroom Mm -hmm. There's this big window, mirrors, and like a shelf for girls to be putting on their makeup. And, you know, you could just really standing there envision all of the girls in their poodle skirts. Oh, yeah. I'm not real sure what guys wore back then, but uh, I could could see the poodle skirts. And it was just awe-inspiring to see it in in person. 
and it not look dated, but yet still have that nostalgia feeling. It's like you were there in the right. time. So it, it didn't know, look like out of date, machine. but it, it, it they, they did a great job yes, of restoring it. Now, did you see um, the green room? in the back yes where all the signatures were yes oh, the I signatures f- i read through uh, a lot of them yeah every the, there was a big huge leonard skinnered one there yes. you see that and then uh there's i mean so Just many seeing the people that have come through there yeah you can't you can't even if you can if you can think of them their name is and on that wall literally left their mark yeah on that wall and it's so cool i got to put my name on there I... the, Loved that. So there's always going to be a little part of Mark Morales there. There's the a little Texas room. corner of, yes. of the room. It's it's up in the ceiling. I couldn't reach up there, and I I couldn't reach up there, and I wasn't going to uh, stand on chairs to sign my name up there. But it's like the only real estate that was really left to sign a big signature is on the ceiling. <laughs> yeah. And there's not very much room up there left either. So I wrote mine. Uh, there was a big space that was rubbed off on the door uh, frame. So I, I took about like a two inch slot and <laughs> made my mark right there. And then Brittany and I went and saw the crash site. That's really cool. It so, was very somber. So was it really like in a cornfield? Yes. They literally crashed in the middle of the Skies farm. Of course, at the time it was in the dead of winter. So it wasn't like actually corn growing. But right now it's a cornfield. It would be, <laughs> s- it would be <laughs> snow that he crashed into. I thought that was cool because I saw you, I saw your pictures. I didn't get to go to the crash site with you guys, but uh, I saw the pictures. There was like big sunglasses frames yes. there, and um, it, it takes you. It's at the entrance, and then you kind of just walk. You are walking through the middle of somebody's field, mm-hmm. and it takes you to where the actual site was. And there's a memorial there, and people have left gifts through the years. Okay. Like there was a package of Orbit gum. Orbit. Wow. Yeah, just random things yeah. that people have left saying, you know, I was here. I've had this moment. Man, so, that is really neat. It, the whole town of Clear Lake was really neat to me. I you know, even I went to their very, library and loved, I loved it. I could just go there every week. You go to every library, though. It's like when we yes. hit a small town, you got to visit the library. And this one, as I, t- I talked to the librarians while I was there, this one actually ranks in my top five. Really? Yes. That's saying something. Yes. It's just, it's a little, it's not a huge library, but it's just, if you are out there, you've got to go by. Very cool. Especially and that's if you're a book nerd Clear Lake, like Iowa. Me. Yes. Library. Well, that was day two, and then day three rolls around. Ah, yes. Uh, Mike Nash had called me two weeks earlier, and <laughs> it, I, I've never really played with Mike Nash in a, an official. Okay, I played. Yeah, I played with Mike Nash at several festivals and several events, but never in an official capacity. So this was the first uh, time I played with him, and I thought he wanted me to just play steel drums, but no. He said, "Hey, uh, we're gonna have uh, James White play electric guitar, and uh, but." I need you to play electric guitar because I want you to grab the signatures. And for those of you who don't know what a signature is, and that is the uh, the main lick of the song that makes the song the song. The intro uh, or the outro, there'll be a, a something that, that makes it uh, the signature. Like in Jack and Diane, uh, that opening guitar riff, oh, yeah. that's a signature. So he wanted me to grab the signatures for all his songs, so he sent me about 40 of his songs to learn <laughs> and i was like okay i'll do my best here 
So the good thing was I was able to grab most of them, and and the show went on, and it was a really good show. I had a good show with Mike Nash and uh, the Doolittles. And, so and that then, made, I think, three weeks in a row that we saw the Doolittles? Yes. It was like uh, maybe even four, because I think I played with them the weekend before we left or something. But, and it was three weeks in a row that we saw our favorite fan, Lori Parker. Yes. Because she was in... Missouri, then well, in Austin. Her and Babs. Yes, they and in Missouri. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, uh, Iowa. They went to all three. That's right. So they were they were all at the events that we went to. So that was really cool. So our fans travel a lot too. <laughs> they, our fans travel probably more than we do. Probably. <laughs> um, but then uh, we ended off the night, or actually, this wasn't the end of the night because we still had the show with Donnie Brewer. Which I think was uh, one of our best shows to this to date this year, because uh, we you had our friends from Rebel Railroad. We had Drop Dead Dangerous played with us. John Patty was on percussion. I was on steel drums. Uh, there was so much talent. James on that stage. White, J.D. Edge, Brad Brewer on the sax, and awesome. And if you haven't heard Brad Brewer sing, you got to hear him sing. He's amazing, and he and he's a great sax player as well. But uh, but no, we had a killer Donnie Brewer show, and I think Donnie Brewer <laughs> passed out in the middle of his show and was laying on the stage singing. <laughs> he didn't really it was, pass out. No, it was a great show. It, uh, Brittany and I sat in the back and just, it was as much fun watching y'all as it was watching people watch y'all it was very entertaining and from being on the stage that was there was so much energy and we were able to give that back so that was really cool but we uh we ended the night with something called the the flip-flop hop and it's where all the trop rock artists uh got up one at a time and did like a, a song from the 50s and that was that was really cool i mean we got to hear a lot of different ones that you had uh, Donnie Brewer playing the piano. You had James uh, White on the guitar. And you had Johnny Dew on the bass. David uh, Doolittle on the drums. And they were the 50s backup band there playing all the 50s music. Everything from Sea Cruise to La Bamba. It was, it was amazing to watch. Uh, <clears throat> Brittany was there with me. And I told her, I said, close your eyes. You can see the dance floor as it would be in the 50s when y'all were doing this. Because I don't even have to close my eyes. I can just see it. Oh, yeah. Because between the the where we were and the music y'all were playing, it was just really cool. And watch it. We had a lot of people that dressed up for that. Yes. That was a lot, lot of fun seeing everybody dressed up. Dance floor was full. And I got to play with my good friend, John Patty. Uh, we, we've been trying to find a something to do a show or something to play together at for the longest time now but uh we got to put our heads together and come up with a good arrangement of deo and that's how we we closed out the night we were the last ones to play we uh we sang and played deo together and uh that was a really cool closing to the night it was great y'all sounded amazing well awesome thank you and uh yeah it's i'm just so sad that uh, that was the last time that event's going to be there yeah i think there's uh i think there's two or three events that this year that are the last events for them but you know it's it's nothing to be too worried about because 
No, it just opens the door for there to be other new, events, new events, new events, and new places to go and new people to visit. And so yep. that's always a good thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, moving forward, I'm looking forward to the next cool event, which is Summer Party Gras. That's next weekend? It is next weekend, not this coming weekend, which is the 22nd and 23rd of September, 2023. In New Orleans. And we got a lot of good people uh, playing on that. So if you want, if you haven't registered for Summer Party Gras, you can register for it now at jerrydiaz.com. And it is really cheap. It's 40 bucks a person. Friday only. Saturday is $40. So if you register now, it's $75 for the weekend. So here's why you want to go to Summer Party Gras. Starts on Friday, September 22nd. And uh, it'll start off with a meet and greet. Some food by Fat Boy's Kitchen. Man, if you haven't had that food... At Fat Boy's Kitchen and Drago's Seafood, you're missing out because it really is amazing stuff. Here's Now, here it is. You're going to have Bert Hebert playing. You're going to have Rhythm and Rain playing on Friday. You're going to have uh, live music from Carson Station. And there's planned activities like uh, uh, pub crawls and stuff. And it, and it's not, they don't just go to the uh, the popular bars. They go to the ones that are that where the locals go. So if you know anything about eating food or getting into a town or a destination, you always want to go where the locals go, right? Exactly. That's what they always say. And that's just the first day. The second day, um, they're going to do a walking tour of the French Quarter, which you don't want to miss that. And uh, there's going to be a party in the courtyard at B-Max, which is always a lot of fun. Then you're going to have music from Bob Duran. Then you're going to have music from uh, Jerry Diaz and Alex Olapur. They're, and then after that, you're going to have more music from Rhythm and Rain. And this is the main reason why you want to go, is because you don't want to miss the Tropicats. No, you don't. So me and Howard McMichael will be playing from 6.30 to 8 p.m. at the Tropical Isle upstairs. And we're pretty much closing out the music event for the night. And from 8 to 11, we're going to hit the quarter and do some fun stuff. So this is like a shorter version of the regular Party Gras. So summer Party Gras. Get registered today. Yes, please go. And we're looking forward to seeing you in New Orleans. I feel like we can't end this without talking about one particular topic exactly that was pretty good i see what you did there (laughs) jimmy buffett this has been an emotional week a couple weeks actually it really Um, has we didn't see that coming on september 1st of this year we lost jimmy buffett we were actually when we got the news at the surf ballroom event right and uh so everybody was just kind of sitting around you know consoling each other and uh it was really cool because the musicians got together and people uh got together and put together a uh a little memorial show a saturday morning that was very emotional yeah i know uh anytime a celebrity dies there's always usually this you know outpouring of emotion and there's always somebody saying okay why you know, mm-hmm. and yeah, sometimes I think people do get a little crazy about it, but this was different. I myself am not a huge Jimmy Buffett fan. Mm-hmm. I've bought personally one album. Mm-hmm. It was Banana Wind uh, in 1996. It's my favorite album, probably because it's the only one I've bought. But it even affected me emotionally because as you sit down and you think about it, if it wasn't for Jimmy Buffett, we wouldn't be where we are today. No, we would have totally different lives today if it wasn't for him. Because, I mean, when we first got married, you were playing music. But Mm -hmm. it was more 
for lack of a better word, wallpaper music. Mm-hmm. That's correct. You were play. You were paid to come play as background music to whatever event that you were mm-hmm. right. paid to play. Some of them were parties. We even did a couple of um, political com- campaigns, mm-hmm. uh, announcement parties. Sometimes there were weddings, uh, birthday parties. Right. You know, not like child birthday parties, but like you know, big huge events. But people weren't there to hear you play. Right. It was just, it was always your, what we, what you call wallpaper music, and that's it. And I was happy doing that, too. It was, it was paid well. Great musicians. You played great music. But the truth be told, you could have jazzified the Little Mermaid and played it on your steel drum, and nobody would have really cared. That's not what they were, you know, there for. And then you started playing with Kelly McGuire. Exactly, yeah. And that opened a whole new world for us. And then mm-hmm. you started playing with Jerry. And, you know, back when we, when we were first married and you were playing that, I didn't go to gigs with you. Mm-hmm. It was kind of frowned upon. You were there yeah. as a job. It, it was kind of like if you worked at, you know, Walmart, would you bring your spouse to work exactly, with you? Exactly, exactly. If you worked, you know, in a chemical engineering, would you bring your spouse to work with you? Mm-hmm. And so you started playing with Kelly and Jerry. And it was totally different. It was was different. And it it took me a while to understand that, no, actually, not only could I go, but people wanted me to go to the events. And it was not just, this wasn't a job. Right. This was, we've made friends. We've had, we've made extended family. Uh, We wouldn't be doing this podcast. No, we if wouldn't. it wasn't for Jimmy, Jimmy Buffett. Buffett, so I can't dismiss the impact that he's had on our lives mm-hmm. and the lives of our friends and our fellow musicians. It is a big deal. It is a very big deal, um, and for for anyone to say that he really hasn't impacted their lives, it would they would be remiss in saying that. It was, um, because he's he's impacted somebody's life, in in some, in some way, way, in some way. Um, he's Between definitely music. provided a way of income for hundreds of of, if not if I dare say thousands of musicians. Right, even if they're not huge names, but because there was a Jimmy Buffett, it opened the genre up for people to take their guitar and be able to play locally, be able right. to write music. And, you know, occasionally we come across somebody who's like, what's a parrot head? Mm-hmm. And the first thing that you say that makes the light bulb go on is, you know, like Jimmy Buffett music. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. exactly. Like, like uh, I always get this question and somebody says, hey, what, what, what kind of music do you play? And I'm like, well, I play like trop rock, tropical. And they're like, and they're like what's trop rock? What is trop you say the words Jimmy Buffett, and they're like, oh, okay. Because even people who say they don't listen to this music, they know, come Monday, Margaritaville. Margaritaville. At the bare minimum, they know those two songs. Right. And, yeah, Kenny Chesney has been writing some stuff, but Kenny Chesney wouldn't be where he is right now if there wasn't a Jimmy Buffett. That's right. It'd be, he'd have a totally different path right and so it's it was very emotional and then there we were in the surf ballroom the day the music died 
is very much that phrase is it, very much it in was your a mind. reality like when you it, I, keep going because i know where you're heading there we are it's we're talking we're in the place where the phrase the day the music died happened is, again and there it was again and the music for it was this is for us as this, this was that was the day the music died for, for us. us it happened again yeah and it was very emotional and i if you'd have told me even the week before that oh you're going to be emotional over the death of jimmy buffett i probably would have laughed and been like no i'm not yeah and, but then it happened and i really thought about it and thought about how he has impacted our life and the friends that we have oh so many friends I mean, yeah. I, I can't even begin to name them because I, I, I wouldn't want to because it's, we'll miss somebody. And, and at the, you know, I don't want to name people, but there are going to be some names that I do mention because like Bill and Trina in Oklahoma. Oh, yes. And Trina and Charlie that are now in, in Mississippi. Mississippi, yes. We wouldn't have met them. No. Mary and well, Jerry. We might have, but it wouldn't be in the same capacity. Right. Or anything. Of the, you know. them being in our lives. And Suzanne Calhoun and these people that are so dear mm. to me that mm. I... Fred and Sarah. Lori, Parker, and Babs. Babs and the Seabergers that we've talked about. Dave and Sally and Spinny, the Spinnies. Um, yeah. They are so special to us. And I'm grateful mm-hmm. that they are in our lives. So, yeah, the... Jimmy Buffett passing away has been far more emotional. It is. You're tearing up. I'm watching you tear up over this. That it, it is more emotional than I gave, would have given it credit for. And I am so grateful that we have this, that we have our, fr- for our friends, our family, mm-hmm. and that we are a big community. Yeah. That's, there's, I, when we were younger, there were some times, you know, that we needed help. And it was our... It was our family from the Parrot Heads who was right. always there to help. Always. That there's, I mean, we got a phone call. They were checking uh, to see how things were. People were there always to give us a hand, you know, and when, when we needed it. Experienced loss. They they're, were always calling theirs. us, and yeah, always there. So they're definitely our family, and uh, it's really awesome. It's it, it's really awesome, and I don't take that for granted. And all, and we never would have had that without Jimmy Buffett. Right, and so it's definitely an impact on our life, and we couldn't not mention it. So, well, I know you're not the biggest uh, Jimmy Buffett. You are a fan of Buffett, yes. but you're not. Oh, I, you're not an, a big fan, right? Like, like I've never were. gone to see him live or anything like that. What I'm, are some What are some of your favorite songs? Okay, so Bama Breeze does two of my favorite songs. And uh, this is Chris Holmes' band. Chris, yes, and. Um, that nobody does, mm-hmm. and that's Jamaica Mistaka. Mm-hmm. That's a great song. And Holiday, yep. both of which are on the Banana Wind CD yes. that I bought and wore out. I wore out that yeah, album. Yeah, that's that's one of my favorites too. And I like, really, really like both of those songs. Mm-hmm. And it's sad that you know you don't get to hear it, but maybe not so sad because it's not overplayed. Mm-hmm. Right. But I gotta say, I love the way Chris Holmes does both of those songs. He does an amazing job with those tunes. Yeah. They're great. So um, I, I'm always like, as soon as I hear those, I'm like, okay, stop. 
I gotta, mm-hmm. I gotta listen to this. Oh so, yeah, those are my two favorite. Well, ones. I remember learning "Banana Wind" on the steel drum, and that was that was a, oh, a very cool. I song. love it because it is a, it's an instrumental. Mm-hmm. It's really nice. I listened to it today actually. What are your favorites? My favorites come from is off the Barometer Soup album. I love I love Barometer Soup. The that I did like that album. Yeah, and then you had a Barefoot Children in the Rain. I love that song. Uh, I mean, there's so many. That one like, particular like a, harbor is one particular harbor. That's a good tune. Is is a really good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love I love Criola. Criola is such a chill, relaxing tune, and that was a uh, the first time that Robbie Greenwich had uh, played on his CD, and he has a killer long steel drum solo in there, and it is one of the most beautiful steel drum solos ever set down. Yes, it is very nice. So, uh, so those those are my tunes right there, and I, I love those. And uh, yeah, so here's to you, Jimmy. Here's to you, Jimmy. Sail on. All right. Well, I guess we're gonna wrap this up for this week. But be sure to listen in next week. Uh, we previously recorded an intimate meeting with the Reef, Jerry Diaz and the Reef, and we have that recorded and ready to go for y'all for next week. You get to just listen to us chat. It's really a fun little thing, so right. please check in for that on next week. You'll get to know more about us, me, Jerry Diaz, Alex Olapore, and uh, the women who stand beside us. And drive you. And <laughs> and drive us and <laughs> to the gig and to insanity and back. No, I'm yeah. just kidding. No. Anyway, so, don't, you don't want to miss it, so yeah, stay you, tuned. You don't want to miss that. And we look forward to seeing you all on the road. See you next time. I think I'm doing all right In this funky little beach town I think I'm doing all right